Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan. Time for another edition of the Spare Time Bowling Show podcast. Don't forget, you can always download this on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Uh, joining me, as always, Dwight Albright of the Spare Time Pro Shop in beautiful New Berlin, Wisconsin. Phil Brylow, uh, who is hurt, injured, playing hurt uh, in his house instead of in the studio. Uh, before we get to the PBA League draft uh, recap, uh, what happened, uh, Phil? How did you get hurt? Did somebody take you out at the LBC or what happened? <laughs> no, no I, no, I took myself out. I was uh, getting some wiring out of the way with a painter's pole, and I just turned and pivoted, and something my knee popped. So it's just old age. Send me to the glue factory. I'm ready. Um, yeah, there was nothing, you know, no contact or anything like that. So probably torn meniscus waiting on insurance to, you know, approve the MRI and get yeah, that all yeah, done. Yeah. So me and crutches, and crutches is my best friend now. Okay, well, good luck. Uh, Okay, so I I want to talk about the PBA League. Now, as we all know, the PBA League, uh, they had their draft on Tuesday night. Right. uh, And that's why we're recording this here on Wednesday morning. But I thought about something last night, and I'm sure that Phil Brylow probably has a good answer for me of why this does not occur. Because as always, I'm always kind of thinking of different ideas of how to kind of change things a little bit. So they do it at Bowling Heaven the actual PBA league, right? So all these PBA bowlers uh, go to PBA heaven or bowling heaven, as I like to call it. Uh, and that's where they, they do the league, all the, all the matches, the shows, everything is taped. there, recorded there, shot live. there, the championship, whatever. It's all there. Why don't they do like a regular schedule, right? So like Milwaukee gets two home, two home uh, encounters, Chicago gets uh, two home encounters, whoever. Because if you do that, now these guys would have even longer to bowl. They'd have more live tournaments, and you could stretch it out over, I don't know, three months, whatever the case may be, week to week. And now you're taking the PBA on the road, right? And you're giving now Milwaukee. We know Milwaukee gets plenty of opportunities. I'm not saying Milwaukee. But like now, all of a sudden, now you're in Chicago. Now right. you're in New York. Now you're in L.A. Now you're all over. And maybe it's not two. Maybe it's everybody gets one because two would take forever. So maybe everybody gets one one home shot where everybody bowls, you know, a match amongst each other uh, in that one deal. And then you go to the next one and you, every market then gets these PBA bowlers rolling in. And then the championship or whatever the case may be ends there right where it should end obviously yeah. in bowling heaven, great idea uh, in portland maine for those of you that don't know uh phil thoughts i think part of it has to do with money just on the basis of that's more travel for the players that type of thing so unless there's more sponsor money or bolero money or wherever it might come from uh that's really the big factor right now i've heard some things rumblings in the background nothing official from anybody that they're looking in future years to possibly do something of what you were talking about, but it's always about the dollar right now. And it's just not to that point yet where that could be 
you know, fiscally feasible and still have a decent payoff for these guys for winning the lead. I mean, each guy that wins that league this year is going to get a pretty decent chunk of change. So, and the winning team. So, you know, do you lessen that to do more travel and have more? Yeah, it, it's a tough thing because it's taking a little more money out of the players' pockets. You know, something else that I don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not just a PBA thing. It's every sport. MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL. You have all of these major sports. Now, the PBA is not at that level of viewership. Fine, right. I understand. Right. But I'm just saying, even NASCAR, all of these sports, I don't believe I've ever seen an airline advertise on any of them. I don't believe I've ever watched a Super Bowl or a World Series or an MLB playoffs or an MLB game of the week on TBS or ESPN when they used to have Sunday Night Baseball, uh, NBC, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football on ESPN. I don't think I've ever seen United Airlines as a sponsor of the official airline in the national football league or the official Southwest was for a while for the NFL. Were they Southwest? Yeah. I've seen that would be to me, that would make sense for like the PBA tour. If you're going to do something like this, right? The PBA league uh, flown by Southwest airlines or something like that. And then, you know, part of the deal with Southwest is you fly our guys from one location to the next, whatever the case may be. Now again, easier said than done, right? Oh, Sparky. It's so easy. You go do it. I, I understand. But that might be something else to consider because these guys are driving all over. We know yeah. this. Uh, and it's it's not easy. It's not fun. Majority of these guys aren't flying. For those of you that think they're flying, they're driving. Yeah. Right. And they're driving together a lot of times. And then they're rooming together in the different hotels and motels or wherever they're staying right. uh, across the country. Like it's not some glamorous. It's yeah. not. No, yeah. it's not like you're the MLB or the NFL right. and you're staying in five star hotels when you arrive in town and you're there and you're flown on the charter flight not yeah. like that. That's just not happening with, yeah. with what we're talking about here with I the mean, PBA bowlers. Yeah. I mean, the last time that there was a hotel sponsor for the PBA, it was Dick Weber with choice hotels back yeah. in yes. the nineties. If you remember, we pop out of the suitcase I do. in the middle of the bed. And that's the last one I can remember for a hotel for the PBA. You know, yep. you look right now, you look at the PBA, just the team names. And there's only five teams that have some form of sponsorship along with the team names. Two of those are bowling related. You got Go Bowling and you've got uh, Bolero with the LAX. Other than that, you've got Chicago Guaranteed Rate. You've got obviously the Milwaukee Pounders with PBR. And then uh, now, of course, I'm blanking on the third sponsor. Uh, but the oh, uh, Snickers, Wake and Wonder. Right. Is the third. So, you know, you've got three other outside the industry sponsors, and there's still five teams available that they could hopefully sometime soon get some form of sponsorship for to add to it or. You know, because now you're even looking at Major League Baseball. I was looking when the Arizona Diamondbacks were playing Milwaukee and they had Avnet. My wife used to work for that company years ago. And Avnet is now on the jerseys. You look at a lot of, you know, Major League Baseball jerseys now. They have some form of, you know, company sponsorship. Hopefully the the same thing can trickle down to the the remainder of these PBA teams as well. Yeah, I think that is all part of it. And as we've kind of talked about in the past, you don't really have a sales staff necessarily selling these guys like that it's it's just not necessarily happening right so Mm -hmm. fox is selling it but where does the pba rank really on the laundry list of things that fox has that they're also trying to get sponsorships for yeah uh, and so forth right so it's probably not at the football right it's probably not at the the centerpiece it's not their major um client necessarily 
if you look at Fox's lineup right now, though, I mean, with the writer's strike and the actor's strike, they're going to be looking for a lot of either sports or reality programming coming up. So who knows if even for the PBA, who knows if they can get an an additional TV show or two switched over from FS1 on a a big Fox during the league as well. I don't watch any of the shows that are affected by this. None of them. None. Do you know what I watch? I watch HGTV, which is reality. I watch Food Network, which is essentially reality. I don't watch. I haven't watched a full scripted show since Suits, and that was probably like ten years ago or twelve years ago. Since okay. I stopped watching that show, and I just lost track. Not because it wasn't a good show; it's an awesome show. If you ever get a chance to watch that series, yeah. um, but since then, I've not watched a scripted show on TV since. And Rami Makhlouf, who used to be on the Wendy's Big Show, would always just be so mad at me. This is the <laughs> golden era of TV. There are so many good shows to watch. Like that, uh, what show is that? Yellowstone or whatever? Yeah. Uh, I think that would be a cool show to watch. I don't have time to sit there right. and watch a, a series at this point with kids running all over the place. I just don't have time for it. Uh, but that would be a show <laughs> I would be interested in. Yeah. So this whole writer strike and all this other stuff, like you're talking about, Phil, maybe they're going to have to fill mm-hmm. uh, at some point with the PBA tour yeah. or something else. Right. Maybe hope. we'll get to that point. That'd be good yeah. for the PBA tour. Absolutely. Especially a nice primetime weeknight. Why not? Right. I got a couple of questions. Uh, since the league has started, have they added teams? Was it a, yeah. like eight originally? Yeah. Now it's 10. Right. When did they go to 10? Well, uh, Chicago pan- got added before the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Right, so like, a couple right of years like now. The pandemic. Yeah. They didn't have it in 2020 because of the pandemic. They were going to. And then uh, 2021 was the first year with the draft with Milwaukee and uh, Waco. The and the other thought I had was with the pros being in town on Monday, Phil, for the, the LBC squad. Where did the draft even uh, come from, or where where were they when they did the draft? It was all virtual, so Bull TV hosted it. Uh, you didn't have to have a Bull TV subscription to watch it yesterday. And it was live. And it was live. And so basically Tom Clark was in his home office in Muskego, and all the wherever the, all the team managers may have happened to be is where – you know, it was where the draft came from. So it was, it was basically a virtual draft. Should have had him here in the 1250 studio. That would have been a much better look right there. Behind <laughs> there were, the board, there were a couple of managers. Yeah, there were a couple of managers that were in town over the weekend. The bowl of the LBC National. Kellen Dorham Ballard was here. Del Ballard right. was here. Uh, I so could have put a were... bunch of them in the conference room here at right. the radio station. At least they all would have been in the same room. Could have been like a big fantasy football right. draft. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah, and then so, a couple of the managers like Emily Malachelli are bowling the PBA 50 World Series of Bowling in Jackson, Michigan right now, so they wouldn't have been able to be here for that. But there were, could have been a few of them inside your studio. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's 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 talk about some of uh, what happened here. Yeah. Um, we were wrong on our projections of how this whole thing was going to play out. Like, for instance, Wes Malott got saved. Right. That was a shocker for me right away. Yeah. Why? But why is it a shocker? I, I, I said, and I was talking about rash, but in reality, it applies to all of them. They're going to keep their guys or their friends yes. or whatever the oh. case may be. There's no reason he should have been kept. And there's no damn reason Packy Hanrahan should have been thrown back. Now, he ends up being the number one overall pick fine. But that's ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry. There is no excuse for that whatsoever. None, Dwight. Yeah, I, I, I understand, and I, and I get it. It, you know, it's the buddy system. I keep calling it when it comes to these drafts. It's no different than any. I mean, we have a fantasy draft tournament at New Berlin, and a lot of guys like to take their buddies or people that they think they're going to have success with uh, year after year. So, but uh, I mean, Malat 
on his show this year. That was hard to watch. Here, here, I got one for you. Brett Sprangler, right? We all know Brett, yeah, Brett Spangler, Spangler right? Motive. With Motive, right? Yep. PBA Tour rep. He tweeted this out yesterday. He tweeted out, there's a team in the league with an average player ranking of 52. Yeah. This is a league with only 50 players. This is a problem. As a comparison, I checked another team, and their average ranking is 18. It has to be the Pounders. But no. See, no, ahead, it's the, the Waco Wonders, because you've got Walter Ray Williams Jr. and yep. Parker Bone III, who both have very part-time schedules on the PBA Tour, because especially because competitive in age. Uh, yeah, you've got um, – uh, who else do we have? B.J. Moore, part-time player. Thomas Larson didn't bowl a lot this year because his girlfriend – uh, was having pregnancy complications, and he spent a good chunk of time uh, back home in Denmark. And then Jason Sterner, who had an okay year, he's in the you know. But you look at the top fifteen points, and the only one I see that's definitely in there is Sterner. Moore is probably just inside because, like we said, part-time player. He's got a big, right. he's got a family business at home. He's a part of. So I, I take that from Brett with a grain of salt. But you look at the yeah, I mean, you you look at the average age of that team or rank. <laughs> You know, with, with Walter Ray and Parker on, they're both in their 60s. I mean, then you look at the average age, might be 52, but the average rank, too, as well. Right, so, and then the other one that's brought up in the PBA article, Norm Duke protected Matt Ogle as his successor on the Dallas Strikers, rejoining Tommy Jones and Bill O'Neill and leaving Santu Santu uh, as the odd man out in that one. That one is a little bit more understandable, but I don't know. I think I'd rather have Santu than Tommy Jones. At this point in time, yeah. I Especially... Because this year qualifying, I mean, last year qualifying was important because you were in your two divisions, you bowled inside your division, and then it was that one game stepladder to get to the semi, you know, to to get to the finals. And with the extra TV show this year, the format's been changed up a little bit. We can get to that later. But if you're a one or two qualifier, you get to buy the semifinals this year. So that qualifying is more important than ever. And the way Ogle struck last year, I mean, Ogle didn't miss much during qualifying yeah. on the right. on the old side of Bayside. And Santu struggled a little bit. When Santu got to the new side, Santu couldn't miss. Right. But you got to get by that qualifying too. So it was, it was a tough call. You knew Norm wasn't going to break up his part of the franchise. Sure. And with that, it, Olga was the easier choice than Santu. So not knowing what – I mean, we made picks last week, and we didn't know what the format of the league was going to be this year. Now that it was revealed yesterday during the draft, that if you finish six through tenth, you're in a one-game stepladder on that opening show from Bayside. Qualifying is more important than ever, and it wasn't like past years. Where it was like, okay, we're on the show. We got two Baker games. A squirrel can find a nut with some of the guys they took. Now it's like, yeah, we actually have to to bowl really well in qualifying. So interesting. So the way this whole thing ended up going was so Packer Hanrahan ended up going first, then Santu second, then. The future star, right? Uh, Kevin, Kevin McCune, yep. he goes third to LAX, then Kevin Williams to Chicago, Sam Cooley to Motown, Simonelli. I, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, he bowls well at Bayside. I understand, I mean, but it, I'm just saying, if you over the course of what he did this year, right? Um, then Sean Lavery Spar uh, to Milwaukee, Matt Russo to Las Vegas, Sean Maldonado to Dallas, and I don't even know the last guy. Who's the last guy? Graham what? Uh, Grandpa, he won the Players' Championship back in 2016 uh, from Canada. Yeah. Um, once Lefty. again, the, the lefties have been feast or famine on tour this year, but he's been Central Regional Player of the Year for the last couple of years. And once again, at Bayside, everybody wants one lefty. 
that can do something because lefties really seem to have success there. I mean, there's five lefties in the first 10 picks. If you look at it, you got Patty, yeah. Kevin Williams, Simonelli, Russo, and Fa. I mean, teams are going to have their lefty. No doubt. Yeah. All right, so let's look at the teams now. We'll go through them here one by one sure. and see what you guys think. Portland Lumberjacks, Wes Malott, Kyle Troop, Chris Prather, uh, Graham Fa, is that how you say? Yep. And Arturo Quintero uh, are those five for the Portland Lumberjacks. Love Kyle Troop, love Prather, not sold on the rest. Dwight? I have them finishing second out of the top 10. I, I think LAX and the Lumberjacks uh, could end up being um, in your two finals um, on TV. No, I'm not a fan of that team. Uh, do I, what about you, Phil? Um, they have a really good chance to repeat. Quintero, when he was on TV last year, MVP performance, easily MVP performance. Saw Wes at the LBC uh, Pro Squad Monday night. He looked better than he did all year. I mean, he looked physically better and everything. And, you know, you, you don't go against the champions. I mean, when you no, I'm going against many. the champions. Okay. I'll you tell can, you right now, I'm picking I, against the damn champions. Yeah, I think the weak uh, link could be Wes. Well, maybe. Or Quintero caught lightning in a bottle last year, and we don't see that again. Yeah. I, that, that's where I mean, I'm, I'm had a rough. Yeah, I mean, Quintero had a rough year on tour. He's Let, Let's go guys. over something, Phil. What type of physical exertion is Malak going to have to go through here when they go out there to do this league play? Well, it's going to be 10 games of Baker match. Uh, I, I don't have it officially in front of me, but it's going to be like a round-robin match play uh, for the 10 teams that are involved in qualifying. It's a one-day qualifier, so it's not going to take a lot out of them. I mean, 10 He's Baker not having games. to bowl 30 or 40 games or right. nothing crazy. Two, right. two frames a game. Right. Yeah. So physically, he should be able to handle the, the exertion of what he's got to go through here. Exactly. All right. Go bowling. Dallas Strikers. Tommy Jones, Bill O'Neill, Matt Ogle, Sean Maldonado, Chris Barnes. They should call this the Gold Bowling Dallas Old Guys <laughs> um, uh, at this point. I mean, Tommy Jones, old. Bill O'Neill, old. Chris Barnes, old. Uh, you got three of these five guys are old. Now, again, if this was 10 years ago, I'd feel really good about this team. Really good about this team, regardless of the other two. Uh, with Ogle, uh, who's probably had the best year out of all of them at this point. Um, and then Maldonado, obviously getting his chance uh, as well. Phil, your thoughts on Tommy Jones and Chris Barnes and what to expect from them? Uh, they'll gel. I, I have no doubt about it. They've both international competition as part of Team USA together. Uh, Barnes is an addition. That team is great. And Maldonado and Tommy Jones, uh, when they've bowled near each other, like at the World Series of Bowling, they both seem to pick each other up. I mean, Maldonado are a really solid World Series of Bowling. And it's just one of those things where you look at the pick and you just go, okay, it could be a little bit of nepotism or something. But they do pick each other up. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Maldonado and Jones and those guys, they're going to be in the running, especially with Norm still steering the ship and Norm's eye and the way he works his team. They're going to be in the running for one of those top two in qualifying, I think. Can we expand really on do. this? Okay. What exactly do these guys really do that are running these teams? What, like what is well, no, <laughs> what, what what do they really do? It could uh, be just a point. set of eyes. Because you still have ball reps there, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So what is he doing then? Or any of these men? I mean, listen, I'm all about having Marshall Holman be the guy running Milwaukee. I want to get Holman right. back on the spare time podcast. So yeah. love me some Marshall Holman, favorite bowler of all time. Right. So that's cool. What I'm saying is, what are they actually doing other than signing autographs and kissing babies? <laughs> Just in case there's like he, they see the team, you know, the team is like, okay, this guy's bowling a little bit better. And they're the, they're kind of like the tiebreaker. It's kind of like, okay. You know, for us, okay, Sean Rash might be struggling a bit. 
who's he going to put in the in the five spot? So they make the, the so they're making the lineup. Yeah, they'll make the lineup, and they'll talk it. And you see the teams talking together. They're talking, and if two guys are going, I should do this. Then you know you'll see Marshall make the you'll see Marshall make that decision, type of thing. So they're the ones setting the lineup. They're the ones doing everything. They're watching what's going on. Uh, it's not. I mean, it, it's five guys in a bowling lane. There's honestly not a lot to it, to be honest. Right. But right. they're you know the guys are looking and 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 you know ball reps are probably making a couple of choices in there as well with what balls the guys are using. I'm sure it's not the you know the managers doing that. Uh, so it's a weird yeah it's just a weird conflagration of everything coming together. And, Hopefully not blowing up. The one <laughs> thing that happens. Duke brings, though, is he brings all that experience. Yeah. Obviously, he yeah. knows the center real well. And he's just such a smart guy from all the years he's been out on the tour. So I, I think he's like a great manager. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not a yeah. good manager. I'm just asking for the fans at home, like, what are they really yeah. actually doing? Yeah. Uh, and, and that is, you know, picking that anchor bowler is a big deal. Right. Yes. And picking who that, that guy is going to be or girl is going to be, you know, in the fifth or 10th frame. In this case, it's all guys, obviously. Yeah. Who's got the these best teams. look? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I mean, North took it from the practice session last year. And when they bowled qualifying, and everybody's seen Ogle in the five spot, like, what the hell is going Well, he saw something during qualifying, and Ogle just crushed him. Yeah. Crushed it. Absolutely Jared crushed him in qualifying. I and have him same fifth. Same thing most of the show. You have them fifth. I have them fifth out of top 10. All, all right. right. Las Vegas High Rollers. Andrew Anderson, Francois Lavoie. AJ Johnson, Matt Russo, and Ruiz Jr. Uh, is this one. Mm-hmm. What do we think, Phil Brylo? Yeah. It's everybody from last year, pretty much. Yeah. Brought back the same team. Yeah. Kind of yeah. rolled it back. Dwight? I got him ninth. Ninth? I think that they're going to be at the bottom. I just don't think there's, except for uh, Francois um, and Andrew Anderson, AJ Johnson, of course, uh, uh, Hungary and Young. But you got to produce a winner. That's know? true. And so yeah. I just don't think they're going to be in that top five, let's say. All right. Paps Blue Ribbon, Milwaukee Pounders. My favorite bowler of all time. No. Sean Rash. <laughs> um, and, and then it's uh, Dick Allen, A.J. Chapman, Sean Lavery Spar, and Anthony Lavery Spar. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Thoughts, Dwight? Well, I have uh, them at eighth. Um Dick Allen has obviously got great chemistry with Portland and obviously um, uh, possibility. But but again, um, a lot of those guys, uh, at least Rash and, and Dick Allen, are aging. A.J. Johnson, uh, A.J. Chapman, he bowls good in qualifying, gets on TV, doesn't bowl very good on TV. And then the Spar brothers really struggle at that place. So I, I just don't see them top five. This is you know what I feel like. I feel like Phil and Dwight are more connected and tuned into what, how, what, who should be drafting, why they should be getting drafted, where they're getting drafted, than the actual people doing the damn drafting. <laughs> like, I swear to God, you guys know Again, the history of these guys at the place, you know, qualified team, all this stuff. You're laying it all out. And I'm listening to both of you. Like, I yeah. think you all should be doing the damn draft for these guys instead of them doing the draft. I am a PBA. You guys, dork. I know you are, but I'm just saying right. you guys are so tuned in and the memories of an elephant of what's happened in past years. I can barely remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Uh, okay, Phil, uh, thoughts on the uh, Milwaukee Pounders. Chapman's going to make or break that team as far as they get. I, I hate to say it. Dwight mentioned it. Just he's he's a kid that can either catch fire or he's yep. got a he doesn't have a clue, and that's a problem in these short format runs like he's getting uh, in the league. The Lavery Spar brothers, great picks. Sean had a great year. 
Anthony had, uh, he actually bowled the entire season with an inner ear disorder that's mm. now fixed. So try to imagine bowling on the pro tour without Go having ahead. your great balance. No way. And he gutted through the year. He's got that fixed now. Uh, it's his time to shine. I think the Library Spar Brothers are going to be great once they get on TV. It's AJ Chapman's the one I'm, I'm kind of worried about. And um, he, he's got a few more fans. AJ does. He, he's engaged to a, a girl from uh, Bayside now. So maybe oh. that gives AJ a little extra incentive. So good for him. See, yeah. look so at Bayside. Be, right. Bowling heaven and wedding heaven, apparently, right. on, uh, on the way for AJ Chapman. They do weddings there. That we've, we've, we've talked about that. Yeah. Snickers Waco Wonders. Mm-hmm. I got a question. <laughs> <laughs> Who at Snickers picked to sponsor the Waco Nicole. Wonders? <laughs> that's Whose the, choice was that? That's I mean, the, seriously, you could have had uh, any other team. Are. You went. You could have had New York City. Why would you go with Waco, Texas? That's where I, the Snickers bar was invented. In is Waco. that why? Yes. Okay, that makes more sense yeah. then. So there's history there. Yeah. Thank there's God. I mean, I, yeah. I know Waco uh, for Magnolia Farms, right? And Fixer Up, okay. the TV yeah. show Fixer Up. That's, that that's why I want to go to Waco. I want to go to Magnolia Farms. Uh, okay, so here we go. Parker Bowman third, BJ Moore, Jason Sterner, Ryan Simonelli, uh, and then Frank Snodgrass, right? So you got those five. Thoughts, Dwight? I got him finishing last. I got him finishing 10th. Sorry. I, I think Parker doesn't have the rev rate anymore. Um, can't compete with the young guys. Uh, all for him is about shot making. He has had some success in at Portland, Maine. Um, Simonelli, uh, questionable, you know, I mean, part-time. Frank Snodgrass made one, I believe, TV show this year. Uh, nice to see him in there, but you think regional tour with him. Um, and I would say that uh, Sterner uh, is going to be your heart of that team. Uh, BJ Moore hit a great rev rate. You know, you talked about it this year. Who's BJ Moore on, on, on our show here. Yep. So, you know, even though he was top qualifier at one of the shows at Bolero. So uh, there's another young guy that is hit or miss. So I, Unless they catch a lot of chemistry together, I, I don't see them going very far. Are these teams too big? Do they need to shorten these teams from five to four? No. And do the keepers need to go from three to two? No. Because literally, if you look at the fifth bowlers on a lot of these teams, nobody's tuning in to watch the honestly, fifth bowler on a lot of these teams. Honestly, I'd love to see the rosters go to six. So that's another decision A, the managers have to make. And B, that gives another option on the team where if somebody's struggling, you can plug in somebody else. I'd love to see the rosters go to six. They originally had that the first year, but the six bowlers never bowled the first year PBA League was around. I mean, right. Kelly Kulik was a draft pick that year. She never touched the ball. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see the rosters go to six. Now, that would be a way. Now, there you go. Uh, you came up with something there. Now, that would be a way to help the women's tour. Make a ball draft somebody from the women's PBA that tour. That would be a great idea. Add Isn't that a- into the mix. Y'all got to draft one female from the women's PBA tour, and let's tie them in. Listen, you're not asking them to go bowl full matches. You're asking them to bowl two frames. Right. That's what you're asking them to do. Plain and simple. And there is a lot of talent out there on the ladies tour. I, I don't. I mean, that if they care, I'm not saying they do. I'm saying if they care about that women's tour and if they want to bring some publicity to the women's tour, you get 10 ladies on there, right? Right. That would be a way to do it. And then you introduce a lot of these female bowlers to these bowling fans that may not watch the women's tour. Don't have the first idea about the women's tour. And you're doing it in bowling heaven where there's a million bowling, crazy people and fans that I'm sure would love to see something different like that. 
Yeah, I saw Daria Payak last weekend, but that was in person at Bolero Wauwatosa. Anybody else seen her since she bowled in Phoenix? No. Seen Verity Crowley same weekend. Anybody else seen her since she bowled in Phoenix? No, but that's what I'm saying. From yeah, that perspective, exactly. that would add right. something to it. Now, yeah, I don't know right. what the PBA stance on that would be one way or no. the other, but no, I love the idea. But that would that would help bring that tour along a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. Uh, okay, so let's uh, move on uh, to the next one here. Now we go to Motown Muscle. Mm-hmm. And they're going to show off some muscle. EJ Tackett. Ooh, buddy. Oh, yep. Anthony Simonson. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Cooley yep. and Boar. They're winning it. That's who I'm taking. Y'all can have your Portland Lumberjacks, whatever the heck they're called. I'll take these boys uh, and take these boys to win it. Go ahead, Phil. I got them making top four. I don't know if they'll get one or two spot, but I definitely got them in qualifying, getting in the top four. Hupe, former champion with Portland, knows how to win in Bayside. Uh, Sam Cooley, uh, bowling with a fire in his belly because he got overlooked last year after yep, he had a yep. pretty solid season. And he he was shaky the first time at Bayside, but now he's got, you know, it's like everybody else. You get that first experience under there. Get the nerves you, out. Get the nerves out of everything like that. Nathan Bohr, one of the smartest people when it comes to lane play, game play, that type of thing. Uh, you've never really seen a lot of Nathan on TV, but in this team format with watching everybody, and he, he's a part-time ball rep on tour as well. Uh, he's going to be really able to help his teammates out with that. And he had a really solid world series of bowling as well, getting into the end of the season. Um, I, I, I think that could be the surprise team. They've never done anything. I mean, when's the last time you remember Motown muscle getting into a, no. a second TV show? Yeah, no. I think this is the year that Del Ballard's finally got something together on that great core he's had with EJ and Simonson since day one. And mm-hmm. they really do something in PBA League, and I think they're going to be top four easy. Dwight, what do you say? You yep, top four. Um, I have them fourth. Um, our only weak spot could be Nathan Bohr. Um, again, just doesn't have uh, the ball speed rev rate to match up. But I agree with Phil. Super smart guy. He does a lot of work with the ladies tour. Uh, see him always as a kind of like a staffer with the with the women when they're on TV. So um, I, I get that, but obviously, you know. Speed and revs again always seem to win. And look at the first two, EJ and Anthony, Simon, right. Simon. So strong team. I agree with Phil, top four. Yep. All right. Very good. And, you know, I think there's something else you could do too with this PBA League thing we we're talking about. If you add that sixth player, whoever that may be, if they're going to go with a women's player or another men's player, if you simply make the rule that the top player on your team has to sit out one match at some point in PBA League play, whether that's the first match, the second match, the third match. But at one point, that sixth player has to bowl, yep. and that top bowler has to sit out, and then it's all strategy of when you're going to do that and how long right. you're going to wait to do that. Just like IndyCar with their tires. Correct. Same right. thing. Right. Absolutely. Guaranteed rate Chicago Breeze. Dom Barrett. Likey. Tom Smallwood. Like the TV show, sad it went away. Jake Peters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kevin Williams. Mm-hmm. And Kaiko. I like them. I'm okay yeah. with them. I, I don't know about the Smallwood thing, but I mean, I I think they're solid, Phil. Smalls looked good Monday night. The LBC Pro Squad uh, didn't look like his foot was bothering him. He had to withdraw from the World Series bowling right. because he was having some foot issues. Uh, Jake Peters led the squad on no sleep. He had trouble getting out of Reno, and he had to like one in the morning drive to San Francisco to catch a 6 a.m. flight to get to O'Hare and then drive up here and basically get there and bowl right away. And he led the squad. Uh, with like 14.59 for six games. So, I mean, he bowled very well on no sleep. Kevin Williams, pretty hot hand. 
got another title. He's been winning regionals. He just moved out west. Uh, so I know for the music career, for the bowling career, but he's been doing mm-hmm. really well on the PB regional tour uh, since moving out west. And then uh, Kaika, we've saw him several times on TV, and you talk about the the new face. Uh, he's not rookie of the year eligible this year because he had some tournaments in 2022, but he's he's the new face out of Finland. And they could, you know, it's one of those ones where, okay, what's Keiko going to do when he's in that type of setting? Correct. You know, talking to Martin Larson, it's it, when they have their Swedish league that Keiko's part of, it's as rowdy. He, he says it's almost as rowdy as Bayside if you're on the uh, opposing team. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Dwight? I have him finishing seventh. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, they could catch fire, finish higher. Um, but I got him finishing seventh. This is good. You keep your top 10 because I want to revisit this as we yep. go through this and see how this uh, how accurate it kind of is. Bolero LAX, I got them in the championship with my Motown muscle. Me too. Jason Belmonte, Jacob Buttreth, Stu Williams, Kevin McCune, Thomas Larson. That's no solid top to bottom. No brainer. I got I, I think they'll it. win it. Where's your weakness, Phil? You're you're kind qualifying. of over there. Qualifying. You, huh? I, I just think something in qualifying. They just never do well together before they get on the show and then when they get on the show they've done they've done okay but they got the still doesn't have a pb elite i mean the one thing belmo basically doesn't have in the pb that everybody else you know kind of has it's a pb elite title i think they all should just do a shot before they start (laughs) just do a shot do a bayside just right do a shot with like the fans or whoever wants to do it the bell right do (laughs) Do a shot shot. and then you go out there and you bowl just loosen up a little bit because you can say whatever you want and yeah. Bill Monty can say whatever he wants. He knows. He knows he, he had he hasn't done this yet. Yeah. And you know damn right well he wants to finish Hungry. and do this. Right. You know what's in his head. And I guarantee yeah. you, Butcher and Stu Williams are well aware of it as well. Oh, These yeah. guys know. Now, McCune, whoo, baby. <laughs> that dude is gonna be a he he is gonna be a he bull. might be the whole show. Yeah. He is going. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. You know those I, fans I, are gonna go nuts. I will be shocked if those fans aren't losing their minds right. on McCune. I'll be shocked. McHugh like, was I, already I totally pumped Monday night yeah. to be a fan favorite. Phil. <laughs> he was pumped Monday night, just the waiting for the draft to happen. Oh, I bet. He's, you know, he's like, what if they, you know, he didn't really say, what if they don't draft me? And I'm like, dude, you're going like in like the first three picks. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm like, dude, you're going, man. It's not because it's not just, you know, his attitude. It's his versatility as well. I mean, the guy can do a lot. If he has to get inside and slow wheel it, he can slow wheel it. Right. He, it's like his dad. His dad was underrated for so many years because it's Agreed. fireball Eugene. Well, no, we've seen Eugene win titles getting inside fourth, fifth arrow and slow wheeling it out to the gutter. And Kevin can do the same thing, and he can trick it up if he has to. And it's just a matter of what they can do to get through qualifying. Because if you're in the if you're in the bottom half of that field, you're six through ten. It's a one game crapshoot. You throw one bad shot, and your team's gonna be out. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the pressure under the, under the team lights for the first time. How many times have we seen, seen guys come out on fire first time on TV under the team lights in Portland? I, I'm Remember waiting Jim for his first time he was under four opens. And there's yeah. other guys that have not done well either. So it's a whole I'm waiting for game. the chance from to go from Duke to Nuke right. in the crowd. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's a good one. I like it. Uh, okay. Next one. Silver Lake Adam Splitters. They used to be good back in the day. Uh, Jesper Svensson. Tom Doherty, again, I don't know. I mean, Phil, you said you didn't think he was going to get kept, right? I didn't think he was going to get kept, and they kept him. Right. So, and- Chris Vi, send to send to, and Richie Tease. I don't know. Richie Tease thing, whatever. Somebody sell me on that. I, I, Tease is just a solid player. And yeah. I mean, there's nothing special there. for England team yeah. and that kind of thing. He's one of those guys that you know 
it's going to be if it's not a strike, it's going to be nine spare. It is is really what that is right there. Uh, Doherty, of course, instantly proving me wrong, and he comes out uh, Monday night at the LBC Pro Squad, and he finishes third. So you'll see him on the shootout on TV in Portland as well. Uh, Tom's a little more relaxed. He, he seemed a little more relaxed. Like, okay, the season the season's done. The regular season's done, and he had just gone on vacation with his daughters in Puerto Rico, and he had a little different attitude to himself. Monday night in the door. And maybe we'll see if that rolls over in the Portland was just a little more just loose, you know, not see, again. Not, yeah. We talked about this with rash for a million years doing this pot doing while well, we were doing the radio show and now we're doing a podcast, right. but the mental side of this is so important mm-hmm. and it's important in baseball. It's important it's like chemistry in all sports, the mental side of yep. not getting in your own head and screwing oh, yourself sure. up. Right. It's so important. And, if you allow yourself to get so mad over something bad that happens, it's going to snowball and you're screwed the rest of whatever event you're trying to do because you can't get out of your own way. Right. That's the problem. And to me, when you have a team like this, they have to know what they've got. They have to know that, okay, if player X is all pissed off and we know what happens when player X gets pissed off, yeah. it's their job to try and figure out how to get him out of his own head <laughs> before his next shot while they're sitting over there talking to him. Now, yeah. How they do that, that's up to them. Don't know. But that's something I think that is very critical. Or if you're the manager of the team, right? That's another aspect of, dude, come here. and right, Come over and do that whole thing. Remember the whole yeah. Joe Montana Super Bowl story, big critical situation. Hey, man, name that John Candy in the stands. And it gets everybody laughing. Like, dude, seriously, you're yeah. looking at, right? But that, but that kind of, for guys like Doherty and Rash and some of these other dudes that get in their heads and get real emotional, when things go wrong, that's when you need somebody to step in and kind of help those guys get through that mental well, battle. I, I'm seeing at, go ahead, Phil. You look at Mark Baker, who's managing the Adam Splitters. I mean, the number of guys he's coached in the PBA for decades. Right. He's exactly what you're talking about, Sparky. He's that guy that can pull somebody to the side and just go, Hey, I saw this physically, or hey, yeah, calm Baker's down. That's right. Yeah, that's that that's the Baker effect right there for the Adam Splitters. Here's what I'm seeing with this team. Lack of communication. Jesper, super quiet guy. True. Uh, Daughtery, super quiet guy. Um, kind of usually very intense, angry. Uh, I don't know Richie Tease at all. Phil probably knows Richie Tease. Bae is super quiet, introverted. Um, so is there going to be a communication factor there between them? That would be the th- five individual guys bowling on one team. I think that's where the Baker factor comes into play. I think that's where the where Baker can be the sponge, absorb it, and then pass it to everybody else on the team. I think I really think that's where Baker comes into play. I think the Adams players could easily be in the top four. My other, my last, yeah, I got him sixth. All right, let's go to the New York City Kingpins: Marshall Kent, Kyle Sherman, Darren Tang, Michael Tang, and Packery Henrahan mm-hmm. uh, are the New York City Kingpins. I think it's solid. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if it's enough to win, but I think it's a solid team, Dwight. Yeah, yeah I have them uh, third. Kingpins, I have them at the, the third place. Um, t- a lot of talent there, a lot of young talent. Strong three, Kent, Sherman, and Packy um, are my um, going to be the horses of that team. I think the house should be sponsoring that team, which is basically yes. what it is right there. It's the house. <laughs> I mean, it's the house right there. Right. And uh, so you know the chemistry is going to be good. It's going to make it a little easier for Carolyn Dorman Ballard to, to mesh the personalities on that team, obviously. Um, I don't want to say cruise control for Carolyn because obviously she's going to keep an eye on ball motion and everything else going on. 
but it's just a matter of can that chemistry get over the top when a clutch situation is needed. Marshall Kent, you look at the clutch situations, he used to be really on top of those. Not as much in the last couple of years, whether it's mental or, or physical or a combination of the two. If Marshall can step up and be continue to be the leader on that team like CDB's made him the last couple of years uh, and, and get the results with the bowling ball on top of it, they could be the surprise. They could be the team that I think would normally be like seventh or eighth. Right. They could be the surprise that gets into the top four and gets a buy into the quarterfinals. I have a question, another question. Mm-hmm. When do they rearrange the deck uh, with these teams? Meaning, when does Rash get thrown back into the hopper off of Milwaukee and they get a new number one? Like, was that ever established by Tom Clark as far as, okay, every five years we're going to rearrange the deck uh, and we're going to redraft from the start. We're all going to get brand new number ones for every team and kind of update it. Because if that wasn't stated... They should do that soon because your top ones, and I'm not talking about Kent or Jesper necessarily, but your top ones, uh, a couple of these guys, Parker Bowen the third, Sean Rash, Tommy Jones, Wes mm-hmm. Malott, those guys don't need to be top ones anymore. I mean, they just at this point, they need to rearrange the deck, I think, and let these managers, if they're going to keep the same managers, maybe they want to change the managers too. Uh, to spice it up and change it up a little bit. I don't know, but I think you need to rearrange the deck Agreed. here to make sure Kyle Troop is the one making decisions on his team and different guys, guys like deserve that. it. The guys that right now are the top of the right. hill, make sure right. they're the top guys every year correct. with the different EJ teams. Tackett, right. Yes, correct. That mm-hmm. To me, Belmonte stays. Clearly, Belmonte stays right. uh, For now. as a one, fine. Yeah. But going forward, some of these other guys, I don't know, man. Like, I get it. They have fan bases because they've been bowling for so long. We know their names. There's name recognition. People still tune in to watch them bowl. But I think there should be some type of reward that if you're bowling well over a course of three to five year period. So let's say you do it every three years, right? And you just say, okay, the top, how many teams are there? I don't even know. How many teams are 10? The top 10 guys. Average top ten guys over the last three years. You guys are going to be number ones for each team, yeah. I and like we're going to do, and we're just going to do a blind draw essentially of who goes where. So you put them all into a hat or whatever. All right, okay. Portland Lumberjacks, the number one guy on that team is going to be okay. That's going to be EJ Tack. The number two guy is going to be whoever, right? And go from there. Don't worry about logistics of oh, this person's from here and that person's right. from there. Screw all that. Just give everybody a legit number one bowler. Yeah. That's been good for the last three years and in the top 10 consistently, and then go from there and rearrange the deck. And you do that, I don't know, every three years, every five years, because otherwise it's going to get it, it, stale. I, yeah, to a degree, yeah. with all due respect. Same I'm, guys on the same team. Right, look, yeah. we're all old. All three of us are old guys. Right. So to all of you dudes that are like, oh, my God, why are they making why are they all over us for it? Because we're old, too. I get it. You got to let these young guys at some point get out in front and lead the damn tour. And this, to me, you're not really allowing that to happen based on how this happens. Andrew Anderson, should he be a one? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I have, I just, I have issues with some of this, I I guess is my thing at this point, Phil. I think it's time for a reset. I mean, there's been guys, I mean, look at this year. I mean, last year, Pete Weber walked off the set and said, I'm done. And he is done. Yeah, and, he, and that's fine. Yeah, and it's just some of these guys. It's just as long as they think they can still compete, and the team managers don't pull the trigger on getting. I mean, they did that with Chris Barnes. Mark Baker and Chris Barnes have been friends for thirty years. I mean, they've co- you know, Baker's coached Barnes for thirty years. Yep. And it got to the point where 
the Adams players had to stay competitive and Barnes wasn't helping the thing. And, you know, and Bakes said, you're gone. And now, you know, Chris is still, he's bowling well enough on the, on the kids tour to still get picked in the league. You know, he got picked up again this year. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it'd be, it'd be neat to see things get mixed up more or maybe just keep top twos or whatever, but you've seen the six, you know, you think with a team with EJ Tackett and Anthony Simonson for how many years, should be doing something in league, should have at least one Elias Cup Definitely. in their back pocket, and they don't. LAX should have at least one Elias Cup in their back pocket, and they don't. Right. So, I'll tell you I something mean, else that you could do. My brain's just going. We're already 43 <laughs> minutes in, way longer than we should be. But I love talking about this stuff because it's, yeah. it, it's, it's something that's still relatively new, that's mm-hmm. been more successful than I think mm-hmm. anybody realized when it started. Players are heavily invested in it, oh, they, and it's an yeah, ego thing yeah. to be drafted. They want to win and all of that, right? Correct. Right. A couple of other things. So we talked about having home stops for the right. league, right? Let's take that out for a second. You have literally like a month between all of this happening. Why couldn't you have a weekend where the five bowlers between now and league start, one weekend, where the five bowlers from, say, Milwaukee do a pro-am with at Bolero with yeah. whoever wants to sign up to be a part of that pro-am. Yep. And these yeah. five bowlers are there and you have some t-shirts that say, you know, the PBR Milwaukee pounders on it or whatever right. else. Everybody gets in the pro-am, gets a t-shirt. They'll yep. sign autographs, do whatever, hang out, bowl a couple games, right. two, three games. And now Milwaukee gets to actually meet their bowlers and get a little bit more get of a rooting interest them. in it. Uh, right. Get some TV, get some media promoting that, hey, PBA League starts coming up, blah, 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 blah. You know, support your Milwaukee team, follow us on Twitter, all that fun stuff. Kind of right. go from there. I think that would be another way to introduce the team to the city by doing it with a pro-am kind of leading up to the event. Now, again, whether or not the bowlers would be down for that, I have no idea, Phil, but go ahead. Well, if you get a pure, I mean, I remember the days with the Miller High Life and they'd have the bowler that won the last year yes. a couple of weeks before I had to promote. Same yes. thing. And it's just, thing. they made sure, yeah, I mean, the bowlers got paid that showed up for that Miller High Life thing. They got paid pretty well because the skip of PBA tournament at that time, you know, you had to make sure you had some guaranteed money for them. You could do the same thing. Sure, it's five players, but if they get enough expense money, that type of thing. You could have them come in and not just do Milwaukee, but do Madison and uh, Green Bay. Now you're making it more expensive. Well, but they could do multiple pro-ams and and multiple appearances. You do it over three, four days. And then that way, you know, if you send them to the people, the people will have a better chance of showing up. Not many people are going to drive two hours down for a pro-am from Green Bay, but you send them up there. There's going to be a lot more people that want to bowl. Do a Friday night, a Saturday afternoon, and a Sunday afternoon. There you go. You're all set. And that's what they did in 2004, I believe. The first year the Masters was in town, they they hired Norm Duke. Right. And Duke did it every year. He did a, a meet and greet and a, a bowling, a little bowling tournament at the different red carpets mm-hmm. uh, for all the years from 04 to 07. Right. Uh, I like your idea about, but uh, think about the top it. 10. When Bill Monty yeah. came to Castle Lanes, do yeah. you remember that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was People were waiting packed. hours. Yes, right. it was packed. That's one dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm bringing five dudes. Right. Man, come on. People would lose their but, minds. But it's right. Belmo. <laughs> I understand it's Belmo. I get it. But again, I mean, even if you say for Milwaukee, it's Sean Rash, right. Dick Allen, now the other four, who knows? But it's still five PBA bowlers. Right. But that one guy, and again, I go back to that's why we need to reset this. But that one guy is going to be your main draw. But the yeah. other guys are still PBA bowlers. And I don't care who you are. If you think you're as good as them, go be in the pro-am and see if you're really as good as them. Yeah. You're, you're going to find out quick how Brutal good they really are. Right. right. You're going to see quick how good yeah. they really are. Yeah. But it's no different than if you're able to actually attend and go to a game. 
you know, I'm a Brewers fan because I can go to a game at American Family Field. I can go there and be part of that experience. You get the bowlers in there for those primes, like you're saying. I'm part of the experience. I'm more tied into seeing what they're doing yeah. on TV when they're on FS1. Think far. about it. Yes. I'm bowling yeah. in a PBA Pro Am at Bolero. Yeah. We get all done, and all of a sudden, I'm having drinks with AJ Chapman or Dick Allen, right. and we're having a couple of beers. Yeah. No, I may not know who the hell he was right. prior to this, but now we're boys. The interaction. I, yeah. I had a right. beer with them, or I had a shot with right. them. This right. is my the guy story for life. that you can tell. Right. Right. I'm right. not missing anything on TV <laughs> no. now, and I'm going to tell everybody. Right. Plus, again, you have merchandise. Right. Exactly. Everybody gets a shirt. I'm wearing their shirt. And now right. you walk around, and everybody's like, Half blue ribbon, Milwaukee Pounders. What the hell is that? Is that a softball right. team? What right. is that? Right. Like, no, man, it's a PBA bowling team. Get out of here. Worth what are getting, you talking about? Getting the word out. And right. now there's storytelling. Right. Yeah, man, I bowled with these guys, man. It was yeah. awesome. You should right. do it when they come into town next year. That's what you want. You know, I that community aspect. I mean, yeah. think about this. You know how many people bought H5G had a T-shirt on site at the LBC National Championships? It said 40 years, 40 titles, Norm's profile pick or Norm's pick, and a picture of the Duke trophy too. You know how many people just only saw the trophy? Because Norm was only there opening weekend, saw that trophy and then went and bought a T-shirt. Awesome, okay, love it. Yeah, yep. it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so, I mean that's but that's the type of stuff that you know I'm always kind of looking at. So yeah. reset the deck at some point here soon with some of these top younger bowlers. And not that doesn't say you can't draft Sean or you right. can't draft Chris Barnes. You can draft them, but right. the top players at each well, team are going to be set kind of for three to five years and then go yeah. from there. Here's yeah. my idea. The, the PBA is all about points, point accumulation. Take your top 10 point accumulators right. over like a three-year average. Right. And those are your top 10. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's a blind draw. And the reason you change it every three years and you take it out of the manager's hands, right? Is because if you do the pro-am idea, right? So Milwaukee gets the same five dudes, or maybe not the same five dudes, but the same first couple of dudes, right? And then the mix up of the next three or whatever. But that same top bowler comes for three years. Then after three years are up, maybe you get Kyle Troop. Now for three years, you get Jason Belmonte because right. he's on Team Milwaukee. And right. then for three years, maybe you get EJ Tackett. Mm -hmm. So now these Everybody here eventually gets to do a pro-am with one of the top bowlers on the tour over the course of however many years. Correct. Right. And so one thing you never see, too, with uh, when's the last time you remember a trade in PBA League? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was popular yeah. early on, though. There were right. a bunch that one year right. where we, when we were doing the show. We're like, what the hell is going on? Mean, There's yeah, trades yeah. all over the place. Right. Yeah. But you're right. You haven't seen yep. that uh, in quite some trade. time. You're, you're right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, that'll do it uh, for the recap of the PBA <laughs> League draft. We are 49 <laughs> minutes in. And we have more. Uh, Dwight, uh, with LBC stories uh, that you have, uh, give us a couple. I don't want this to take 30 minutes. Sure. Um, Phil saw it firsthand, but uh, I watched it. On, I was there for uh, opening ceremonies, and then I watched the rest of it on uh, the PBA uh, Facebook. Um, so a couple of the things that I saw was uh, and impressed me was the 17-year-old young man from Wisconsin that shot 15:38, I believe. Phil got a chance to see that. He's going to be on TV you got to talk about Lenny Borsch. Love Lenny Borsch. Lenny Borsch winning the senior. Yep. Uh, and then he'll be on TV representing Wisconsin. How cool is that? The three ladies uh, that are going to be top seed actually outscored the men that were in town. That was going to be my question for Phil. Did the final squad or the men's squad for the PBA get different lane conditions or they all had a bowl no. in the same? No, condition? it was the same experience. They could do it. I mean, they could have beers while they were bowling. It was the right. same nice. LBC national rules. So several, you know, several players once they knew they were out of it, 
crack Start beer. Drinking. Let's go. There are buckets yeah. going around behind the lanes. Nice. So it's definitely, definitely different. I got to admit, I had, a, I had a beer in the booth while I was while I was doing the live <laughs> Way stream. Way to go, Phil. I mean, Way was, to yeah. show your professionalism, so, buddy. <laughs> exactly. So, hey, hey, I was just joining in the crowd, man. When Ronnie Russell offers you a beer, you take Mike it. J offers you a beer, you're, you you're not going to say no. <laughs> right, you're not going to say no. But so it was kind of laid back. It's just they had the same condition. It's just when you get that ball speed, rev rate, equipment, crossing lanes at Bolero. We all know how different it is because they is. still have to go all yep. the way across from one of the house to the other. Yeah, it's not surprising that the the top scores were a little lower off that squad than the overall winners and right. in, the, in the in the open classic and in other divisions. Um yeah, but how impressive is Verity Crowley? Oh yeah, I mean it was it was fun to watch her that day, and she was just average two fifty. Yeah, and just crossing lanes. Liz Johnson throws two seventy nine the last game to get past her on on Sunday. That's why it, it was it was incredible to watch. It was just, it was it was pretty cool, and um, yeah, the faces that are going to be story. on there. And yeah. I'll tell you what, that Trey Henriksmeyer, the kid out of Eau Claire, uh, I know he's bowling junior gold this week. I haven't followed it at all. I haven't had time, but. Man, to be 17 years old and you're going to Bayside Bowl with a $25,000 scholarship <laughs> in your back pocket already. Yeah. And a chance to win another 60000 on the TV show if you win that Eliminator format. It's that one ball Eliminator. So, you know, the three pros are going in there with Jake Peters, A.J. Johnson, and uh, Tom Doherty. <laughs> you don't want to be that first guy out. You don't want to be the Greek church guy and all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah, but you know what, though? There's no intimidation factor with those three. It's not Belmonte. Yeah. It's not Tackett. It's not Troop. It's nobody that's Simonson. Right. Yeah, it's not but, Simonson. Like if this, and who knows? This kid may not even watch the PBA Liz, tour for all we know. Liz, oh, he does. Yeah. He follow. Oh, yeah. I got so a chance if, to talk to him. So you yeah. did. Okay. Yeah. So if he follows the PBA tour, there's not going to be an intimidation factor here. The intimidation be, factor is going to be the lights and the fact you're on yes. TV. That's going to be the intimidation and factor. The crowd. I don't think it'll be the other three Liz Johnson and Danielle McEwen. Are going to be the intimidation factor because these kids Probably. know these kids know Danielle obviously right. from bowling. She's still, I mean, she's not even thirty yet, and she's out there really popular on social media. And Liz is just the goat on yep, the women's yep. side of the equation. Jake Peters, he might not be intimidating, but you got to remember the last eliminator they had last year at Bayside for the team. Guess who won it? Yeah. Jake Peters. He's been there before. He knows what to do. He might not have that intimidating look, but when the guy's coming back as kind of the defending champion of that eliminator shootout. He's gonna make people think twice. Yeah, I want to see him win so bad. Yeah, Jake Peters. Yeah, he won his first title here in Milwaukee back in 2013 in the summer. You're a Jake Peters fan, Dwight? I am for many reasons. Okay. Um, he lost his wife at a very young age. That sucks. You know, and you can't help but cheer for the guy. Uh, You want to see him break through and win more titles. Um, that Phil didn't he win like a spot a sportsman of the year? Back to back, he's our reigning Steve Nagy Sportsmanship Award winner. Back to back, what did he do to win Sportsman of the Year? He's just one of those guys that he'll go out of his way to help other players off the lanes, that type of thing. He's a sportsman nice. on the lanes, so he's a good it's, dude. It's he's a yep. yeah, he's the term great guy man. is way yeah. overused in bowling, but it definitely is should be used for Jake Peters. That's awesome. I still hope the 17 year old wins. Yeah. Uh, he is uh, Phil Bryan. You can follow him on Twitter at Bruce City Bowling. Dwight Albrecht, spare time pro shop in New Berlin. That's how we came up with the name of the show all those years ago. Uh, at Dewey 300, you can follow me at Sparky Radio, of course, over at 1250 AM, If you're a Brewers fan, we do weekly Tim Dillard interviews over there that you can uh, check out. Uh, Valley Sports Wisconsin Brewers analysts, lots of Padgers and Packers and all kinds of other interviews I do uh, throughout the course that we can check out as well. Uh, for the most part, we do one uh, one a day uh, throughout the football season for sure. Uh, and then the Brewer season, probably a couple a week we do. 
Uh, next week, we'll do this all over again. We'll have a guest. I don't know who yet, but we'll have somebody. Enjoy the rest of your day and uh, enjoy the weekend uh, and have fun, everybody. Toodles. Toodles.